Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. If this is your first time here, I'm Sabrina Monarch, and I'm an evolutionary astrologer, which means I read natal charts from the perspective of the soul's ongoing evolution. What are our lessons in this lifetime? What have we brought into this life from prior lives? What are we here to evolve? What are we here to learn in this life? And I see clients, I write weekly forecasts at monarchastrology.com, and I teach online intensives to give people access to speaking the language of astrology for themselves. And while astrology is something that is spoken about on this podcast, and there are astrology-specific episodes, I did start this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about the spiritual path and the personal development path, because I want you to feel resourced in your magical being and to feel psychologically empowered in this life. This is part two of an episode from last week with Lucia Anais Satyagraha, a coach, a master EFT practitioner who specializes in wealth and relationship. Last week's episode has gotten raving feedback from you guys. I've heard from multiple people that you listen to this episode multiple times. That makes me so happy. And also, I understand Lucia is an amazing speaker and she has so much wisdom. So if you haven't listened to episode one, go ahead and listen to that first. Because why start this conversation in the middle? And also, why miss out on something that has sparked and electrified others? And as promised... I will tell you before we get into this week's episode how I met Lucia because I believe it was quite magical. It was the equinox, so actually the last equinox, and as I record this intro, we are approaching the autumn equinox. And so it was at the last spring equinox, and it was also that very day, a full moon in Libra. Sun and Aries, Moon and Libra, the full moon is always happening in opposite zodiac signs. I went to ecstatic dance. How could I not? The equinox of full moon and Libra. And when you combine Aries and Libra, it really does speak dance. You have the athleticism and the physical movement of Aries ruled by Mars, and you have the beauty and aesthetic and grace of Libra ruled by Venus. I went into this ecstatic dance with the intention to have an ecstatic experience, to experience breakthroughs, to be in touch with my soul, to be very present. And when I was in ecstatic dance, so it was my first time at ecstatic dance, I really felt like I was in an altered state. The container was so dreamy and so mystical. It was like another realm. And I was on the dance floor for a little bit and I went upstairs and there's a tea bar and there was also a tarot reader. And the tarot reader, who is Lucia, was 
busy reading for someone else. And I went to the tea bar. I was kind of just following my intuition and flowing with it because that is, I mean, what else are you going to do at a dance event? It's not about being completely linear or having a plan. You are just going with the flow. And for me as someone like I'm highly disciplined, I have a lot of routines. I think I'm very much in my masculine. I'm very comfortable with that. And so being in certain environments like ecstatic dance is really permission giving to just totally flow. And so I went to the tea bar and when I sat down, I ended up across from someone who looked just like an ex of mine. And it really triggered me because you see it had been three years and I still was not over this encounter. It's not that I, you know, I had let go of the person, but what that relationship represented, the healing work that was still ongoing in my life from it, the trauma that was still ongoing from it was still very much there. I had been to a therapist for a while, two years. I had, you know, done countless kind of healings. I'd gone to grad school. Part of why I went to grad school was to do the next thing in my life, you know, to have something for me, but it also was to kind of help me move on from this really traumatic breakup. And as I was looking at this man, I felt that I would not forgive myself if I didn't go up to him and talk to him. So I went up to him and I said, I'm sorry, I've been staring at you, but you look like someone that I used to know. And I'm wondering if I can talk to you. And he said, sure. And as we got into conversation, he had uncannily similar biographical details, very highly specific, unique things. In addition to looking practically the same. And I found out he had the same sun sign and the same rising sign as this other person. And so suddenly where my heart had just been kind of you know, normal. It was like raw and like gaping. It's like, what is going on here? And the conversation came to a natural close. He gave me a hug, went back to the dance floor, and I saw that the tarot reader had opened up. So I went to go sit down with her and I told her what had just happened. Long story short, I had a very profound reading from Lucia. I felt so deeply met and seen at such a raw and baffling moment. And I realized that I had met one of my mentors along this path. I found out later in the tarot reading that she was a coach and I knew I had to work with her. And sure enough, she has really helped me learn so very much more than even just healing this particular traumatic breakup you know, all the kind of stuff that comes up around love and boundaries and self-worth, defining my values. I'm so grateful to have met her. And I also felt like it was a kind of faith restoring moment to kind of have things swept up like that, to meet someone at an event who triggered me the way that this person did, and then to be kind of 
catapulted into the next moment to meet someone who would later become a mentor. And I think that when I'm looking back at my life as an old person, Lucia will be someone that I definitely remember and think of as someone who really was a important guide to me along the way, who is an important guide to me. And you could tell from last week's episode how profound a thinker and practitioner that she is. So I hope that you'll enjoy the continuation of this conversation and I'll catch you on the other side with a poem and some more thoughts. Enjoy. Yeah. And, um, and just to, to, to touch on that, uh, you know, this is, this is part of why uh, are not even part of why I would be di- diminishing it to say that this is, this is one of the reasons why Tantra is so important and Tantra is the householder's way to God. So what this means, and when I say God, I mean, God, goddess, creator, universe, all that is the, um, the, the force that, uh, creates, sustains and destroys. So that's what I mean when I, when I use that word, um, that, that this is the householder's way to God, goddess, creator. And, and what that means is to, for those of us who can't go be in a monastery and give up all forms in order to connect with spirit in a mystical way, this is where we call it in, in every action, in the foods that we eat in, and, and what real pleasure is. So there's the difference between feeding your pleasure center, which actually comes from feeling shame, right? It's actually a shame cycle feeding our pleasure centers and, and that's, and it's an addiction. Uh, and so that's different than experiencing real pleasure. Pleasure is a sensual experience. And what I mean by sensual is what it is to be in a body, to be able to touch things, to hear things, to see, to experience, to feel on all sorts of different levels from vibration, emotion. And so the more that we sink into this place and one of the, one of the ways that I find that's really um, healing around sex and sexuality and also really moving into the power of your root is by working with elements like fire and water and earth and air and giving thanks and gratitude to these elements for utterly supporting us uh, without asking for a thing. (laughs) And the more that we work with these elements, it brings us into uh, the the field of uh, I'm safe here in my body. I'm safe here in my roots. And so our roots actually find a way to, to sink into the earth and to find that space where that is the truth, where we are nourished. And 
those kinds of densities of shame and uh, shame and um, not grief. It's another one. Despair? No, I always shame and guilt. Mm. Yes. That shame and guilt are able to be released from our system. That, yeah, I always think about how I've been maybe, yeah, in group settings, retreats, things like that. Sometimes the question comes up or just the way that I hear people talking about the earth that people have shame about being on earth because of what's happening with the world. With the humanity. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way to like go outside and do a grounding meditation and like release things into the earth and to like draw nutrients back up. And I've heard people say like, I don't want to give my stuff to the earth. There's like this sense of like, I'm not good enough to be here. I can't like drop in to the earth. And maybe that's some also misconception about how the earth responds to art because the earth takes dead things all the time That's right. and makes things with it. That's right. And so we also have that capacity, but I feel like people, when they have that level of shame and guilt about what they need to waste and give back to the earth, you know, and we are wasting a lot of things on the earth, like plastic and whatever, but why there's this guilt about doing that at an emotional level. I feel like is a huge thing about self-worth and feeling like we deserve to be here and coming back to the sense of like, if you were in a partnership too, if you felt like you could never tell that person that you had a bad day because you didn't want to burden them. That's right. That would be not the, the safest feeling dynamic. Yes. And the intimacy that's possible, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you don't want to just always vent and dump stuff at someone, but there's this balance. So I love that you said intimacy because when I just to even think about that, that just painted this really beautiful picture of of having an intimacy with the earth, with the spirit of Gaia and uh, and and really um, cultivating a relationship. And I understand why people think that. And that does come from a vast misconception because this is about like when you are releasing densities from your body into the earth, these are the types of densities that are, especially when it comes to shame and guilt, these are the kinds of densities that she can take as nourishment and turn it into compost for great, beautiful gardens. And when we don't do that, when we don't release this stuff or transmute it or, or, um, uh, um, yeah, transmute it or release it in healthy ways, then what happens is we end up having unexamined or hidden agendas, actually hidden agendas, right? And so we have all of these needs that show up inside of us uh, for love, for attention, for intimacy, for care, for sexuality, for passion, for all of these different things that we want, touch, pleasure, like physical, beautiful pleasure in our bodies. Um, And we will, and because we are still carrying around the shame and guilt that we don't want to lovingly release from our bodies, 
then we end up engaging in that with all sorts of manipulative, like I said, hidden agendas. And those really have a way of destroying our relationships because we are not even telling the other person (laughs) what we need or want necessarily. And it's not even necessarily their job either. But when we are not getting those things, then it creates a lot of resentment, pain, anger. And it also feeds this story that that's just what we get in life and that that's the way that people treat us. And so it is important for us to release that stuff, whether we're doing it through uh, through EFT, which I highly recommend. I love it. This tool has literally saved my life a n- numerous times since I started doing it in 2008. And, uh, and hypnotherapy, EMDR, there are all sorts of different kinds of somatic therapies that help us to clear. And then also doing these meditations that are really about grounding into the earth, grounding with the earth for men and for women, for, for people on the whole spectrum of gender to remember our root with the earth and to allow ourselves to um, clear that way and to sink in that way really gives us a healthier, a vastly healthier relationship with our own bodies, with being here, with being in a human form and with our sex and sexuality, who we are and how we express it, how we allow ourselves to feel sexy even without hiding from people. And I'm not talking about being overt or like pushing it or anything like that, but just being naturally, gracefully sexy and owning it. And this is connected to being connected to earth. That's right. And it's just, it's interesting because with spirituality, Um, and some different other spiritual processes and even mental ones, it can be really nice to connect to source or like the higher realms and kind of picture it as something above us. And that is one part of it. But if we connect to the earth and the physical, then there's this whole other like spiritual and intimate, like loving relationship with the earth as a body. And we are it as well. Right. And um, and doing doing this work, so doing EFT uh, is how I actually ha- started having my first full body Kundalini awakenings, um, and it started out as the feeling that it, that the feelings that came over me were full body tingling, were the sounds in the room changing and becoming more viscous, being able to see lines of energy. And eventually that got even bigger and it turned into a static electricity that was running through my fingers and my legs and locking up my legs and my, and my hands. I'm getting chills. (laughs) And it turned into feeling like I was drunk inside of my body and my body moving without my control, like rippling. 
and feeling like my spirit had lifted out of my body and I was looking down and through my eyes from outside of my body and I felt like I was tripping on acid. And I was tapping with my teacher at the time and I was like, I think I'm having an out-of-body experience. And she said, no, honey, you're having an in-body experience. And that was one of the most profound moments of my life. And since I've continued to have Kundalini experiences, because once you start to awaken it, I mean, you can put the snake back to sleep, but why would you do that? Anyways, so I have continued to have Kundalini experiences. And the power of this is that when you start clearing out all of that stuff that's been sitting in the root around our personal safety, around our environment, around the relationships that we have, around how much money we can make, around the worthiness and deservingness of living our personal power and purpose. When we start clearing this stuff out, then we align fully and completely through the center, through the core of our body and the energy flows. And so all of the places where we're having these God goddess connections and aha moments and figuring out how to shift the field in radical ways, now we're able to ground those things into reality. Now we're actually able to make those things come true because our roots are not atrophied anymore. And what that ends up being is that we become masterful and in Tarot, it's the discs. We become masterful in all of the discs, right? Spinning all of these different discs. And that means relationship, wealth, family, home, how we live in our home, the way that we take care of our space, the way that it feels inviting to the people that we love, how we feel about ourselves, how we connect with spirit, how we connect with our ancestors, with the spirits. Amazing. And okay, so then symbolically, when people have negative thoughts about money or they feel like it's not spiritual or they have some belief that they karmically don't have access to money. That's all kind of like atrophied root stuff. Yes, absolutely. It's so important because I feel like if you, even just in the way that society works, it's like if you have wealth or you have money, you gain access to certain things and certain circumstances that you wouldn't necessarily have. So you almost like incarnate more. That's right. More of a participant in the world. Interesting that you put it that way. And yes. And, um, and that's not to say that people who have billions of dollars, like billionaires are better people or, or, or not, or any of those things. Right. But here we are. And there are some people who have lots of money by whatever circumstance they might have been born into or created for themselves by getting diligent, by deciding, because we are all powerful manifestors. And so we can manifest from a place of love or we can manifest from a place of greed. That Both of those things are true. We can manifest lots and lots from places of negativity and harm. Those things are true because we are manifesting beings. We have manifested being in a body, 
right? Yeah, that's important to say because that is another block that people have around money is that they associate it with greed. They're looking at negative examples that's right. only. That's and right. it's not the whole money picture. And uh, and and because, uh, so part of the reason, I talked a little bit about some of my own personal background and that is just like a small piece of my own personal background. It's so rich and diverse, the tapestry of my life and where I've been and performing as a dancer all over the world and all of these different things. And so there's there's my personal reasons for doing this work. And then there are my other personal reasons for doing this work, which is my purpose in the world. And my purpose, my purpose for me is about, and, and I believe that this is actually what's secretly true for everyone, that my purpose is bringing more balance in the world. And the places that I see it are in all sorts of big and scary ass things that I don't know how I'm going to accomplish in this lifetime, but I know that I will. And that includes working with indigenous peoples all over the world to have inextricable land and water rights. That includes cleaning up the the five gyres in the oceans, the plastic that's all in the oceans and using that plastic to recycle and to create new things. That means stopping the production of all new plastics. This goes actually on and on for me and, uh, and creating new ways of living and being in the world. Right now I am writing a book uh, called and I already have that copyrighted by the way. <laughs> I had really powerful chills moving through my body, my heart, and my third eye were getting like these really positive, good, like tingling sensations. That was so powerful what you just said. I feel changed just Thanks. from hearing that Thanks. because it's a reminder that you can have big visions for making the world a better place and still be in and be in touch with pleasure and enjoyment because there's so much misery and despair over the state of the world right now. And I don't think that's how we necessarily fix it. That's right. Just being open to that. That's absolutely right. You have to be tuned into your pleasure and value and then, you know, so. And also not pretending. Yeah. Like, like it's that allowing yourself to be like, wow, I feel really crappy about what's going on in the world and really letting yourself feel that, but don't dwell in it. Don't dwell in it because when we move from those places, it's not as helpful. And that's the same thing that I was going to say. So getting back to manifesting money, right? Like creating money in your life and creating it in integral ways, creating it in ways that feel good, that honor you and your system and, and, and natural systems and your relationships rather than commodifying our relationships to each other, but really actually honoring them and doing the work that we do from a place of service rather than a place of coerciveness or destruction. We are actually changing things when we change our relationship to money. We're actually changing things on a global economic scale when we change the way that we relate to money. And that doesn't mean that you can't, that one person can't build wealth because one person can build wealth if they're doing it in, um, creative, co-creative, uh, non-coercive, integral ways, uh, 
there's no reason not to build wealth. And then we have all of these options to be able to use our money as leverage to create radical shifts and changes all over the planet. This is why I care about my clients having money because the types of people that I work with are deeply skilled and intelligent beings who care, who give a shit about making a difference on the earth right now, who are, who care about building their relationship with Gaia and with, and having beautiful communal relationships with our whole human family. And so it is the it is the time on planet Earth for people who know, who know within their beings and feel that calling, but are just still maybe scared or can't get past that hump or whatever it is. But you know what you want. Maybe you've been knowing what you want for 15 years And you've been pushing it aside and pushing it aside and doing what's just in front of you because it's been too scary to go that big. And right now is the time. Right now is the perfect time. Right now to clear your relationship with money from personal programming from when you were young, how your family experienced money, what was too much or not enough, what your experience of wealthy people are, what your experience of being in poverty is, what your experience of maybe um, being disempowered around money situations. All of these different things are things that you can clear. This is a lot of the stuff that I work on with my clients is clearing this stuff with EFT, all of this old money programming around. We do money maps together around savings, debt, income, income goals, toxic money, and your relationship to money and society and money and the world. And going through all of these things to pull out the different issues that have been lying under the surface that have been literally blocking you or stopping you from creating more wealth in the world, from creating more money, even enough to sustain yourself or just the things in front of you in the 3D onto really rooting those goals into reality, right? Like making those things come true in radical and profound ways. That was amazing. I'm a little speechless. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, yeah, that's just really inspiring. And I love like when I'm around you, when I hear you speak, I get the internal download around playing, playing bigger in life. Um, yeah. (laughs) I'm all like, that's fucking right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I could say more like playing bigger in life, more confident. (laughs) And going for it and having the belief, like having that fire, that optimism, that trust and using certain tools or utilizing tools like EFT to help clear the blockages along the way, Mm -hmm. rather than just being overpowered by those blockages. And then I thought too, that with money so similar to love and they are both Venusian things that there's the shame and guilt thing about it too. And healing that that's right. Feeling like it's okay to have. That's right. 
And a lot of this too is understanding where circumstances are neutral, even decisions that we've made in the past that contributed to the circumstances that we have now. Um, and, and so being able to shift the stories in our heads so that we are able to uh, bring our offering into the world or bring our offering into the world in an even more powerful, more refined, more laser focused way. And so, um, so addressing, addressing those things, addressing the roots, the root level stuff with money, with even I've have found that my clients on the wealthier spectrum regularly feel insecure, insecure in their surroundings, insecure in their home life, insecure uh, around still waiting for the other shoe to drop or something like that. And so there are a lot of ways that we do things to stay safe or to keep secure. Or maybe in the past as well, we've had financial traumas, or even more importantly, goal traumas. And goal traumas are where we went out and we put everything that we could, everything that we loved into all of our energy, into this thing that we wanted to create in the world, this goal that we had, and in some way failed in some way, didn't make it in some way got sick as a result of the, all of the energy that we put into it or ruined relationships with our families or partner that we loved or something like that. Or we were betrayed severely, or we just fell on our face. And, and so, so I go through and work with people on goal traumas. And so I'm sure that even a lot of the people who are listening right now can even feel inside of themselves about ways where they have stopped themselves from going out and, 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 and doing these big things or the things that feel big to do and putting yourself out there in this way because you don't want to be vulnerable again, because you can feel and remember that one time, that one time, like, I don't want that to ever happen again. And so we fail in advance rather than having the good kinds of failures. There's the ultimate failure, which is not ever doing the thing. And then there's the good failure, which is, going out and doing it anyway, right? It's making mistakes. It's learning how to fail responsibly. This is why we need coaches in our lives. (laughs) Because, you know, there may be times where we can't, or for whatever reason, we're not accessing all that energy and all that enthusiasm and all that belief in ourselves. But if we surround ourselves with people or enlist the help of people who can hold us up and inspire us and show us other perspectives, then we can thrive. And like, we're here to be communities. Like we're not just isolated people or even nuclear units. And so having, you've talked about this with me, but like having your team, I love that you talk about that. And yeah. Yeah, And that's, that's one thing. So, so just touching on that too, around purpose, because like, here's the thing is 
I don't give a shit about making money. Like making money is like, I love money and I love having an abundance of financial wealth and prosperity in my life. And I bless all of my clients and all of my students and all of my teachers and mentors and all of my friends and every single person that's that's listening to this right now and all of the people that you touch, I bless all of us with financial prosperity and abundance. And I also don't give a shit if the way that you're trying to earn it is through a job that you don't care about. That is not what I'm here for. What I'm here for is supporting people to make money and be paid really fucking well doing the thing that they love, doing the thing that they are profoundly genius at, being in your realm of genius, because that is the God state. That is the state of creation, right? And so when we are moving from that place, we are opening up the field of what's possible. We are opening up the field of consciousness. And it's not always easy. You know, we have to deal with our own, like all of that stuff, all the self-worth of like, am I allowed to have it? Is, are things allowed to be this good? I've never had this example of it before in my life from anybody else. I've never seen other people have good relationships. I've never seen other people be in integrity with money. I've never seen people who like, uh, unless they're, you know, somewhere on the internet, but they're not me or somewhere on television, but they're not me. I've never seen people live their purpose. If their purpose is maybe it's surfing, (laughs) you know, maybe, and, and maybe that surfer is somebody who also cares so deeply the way that I do about the oceans that they want nothing more than to protect all of the life that resides in the oceans. And so it is their fucking job to make lots of money being an amazing surfer, doing what they love, doing what they're a genius at, connecting with the ocean, with the water, being in that flow state, and then being able to offer that back to the waters. Right? Yes. (laughs) I, yeah, this was getting me um, to think about when I first started doing monarch astrology and like came out into the world as an astrologer, I didn't have a following yet, but I had friends on Facebook and some people dropped off. They were like disturbed by what I was doing. And then other people started to appear and people started to tell me that I was really inspiring them. And like, I just felt like so alive with my vision and people It's like they didn't necessarily want to study astrology or be an astrologer, but they were just inspired that I was connecting with my vision and it made them think about their own vision. And so there is even a way that when one person lights up because we're in a network, it has a way of sending that light to the other beings in the network. That's right. And then they can use that inspiration to do what they're here to do. That's right. We are in a field with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so I hope that helps clear some things, you know, for me, um, I like, I, I came from a more, 
Um, so obviously I'm a spiritual person and as well, I come from the background, some of the background that I come from, like I said, I have a rich tapestry of life is that I come from a background of, of course, as you can see, being a spiritual person and doing what some people might consider really woo woo as far as energetics and understandings of the way that the spirit and the body work um, as a fully integrated whole and um, and our engagement with the rest of the world. And then there's the other side of that, which is I have a background in activism, in anarchism, uh, and in my ethos around socialism and um, different kinds of um, political and uh, environmental um, views about life, about um, about what we're doing here and being in balance. And, uh, and I've done things from, uh, occupy the farm and helping land be land be, uh, reclaimed in order to have gardens for the community and for all sorts of workshops to happen there. I also have, uh, land that I was able to create a very long lease on so that, um, so that refugee families could come and farm and garden on the land next to my place in downtown Oakland. Um, and I also have done things like uh, doing post-traumatic stress uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder release work, um, at places like Standing Rock and, um, and here in, and in Oakland, when the ghost ship fires happened, I was supporting my community in that or our community in that. And so I have a lot of background in activism, and also uh, just in my own self-study of different forms of economy and capitalism versus other forms of economy. And I'm just really inspired that you've mixed all those things together. <laughs> I feel like the ability to think that complexly is so valuable because these things could have been silos that don't have to talk to each other. That's right. And often they are. And often they are. And 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 actually and and that you say that and acknowledge that I really appreciate it because sometimes I find myself having an internal conflict around how to present these new ideas, which would be the art card in uh, the 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 Toth deck, right? Tehote, um, which is about mixing seeming opposites and creating alchemy, creating a third thing. And so, uh, and so I, I heard this quoted from a friend of mine, which was about, I don't know, um, what's his names. Anyways, it's called idea sex, (laughs) (laughs) but oftentimes I feel concerned that I could end up having people that are, um, 
that are disagreeing with my ideas and the things that I'm putting forth and the things that I'm channeling as a result of the wisdom and knowledge that I've acquired throughout time, that I'm presenting whole third ideas or are, or rather not third, but tertiary ideas that come from the mixing of these things and, um, and taking systems into account in these different ways that people aren't necessarily talking about. Uh, and, and, and so I even have to work through my own fears about whether or not I'm worthy to share this information. And if people might hate me, if I share this information, or even if people love me. Right. And so, uh, and so I, I just know, and this is a part of my morning Thanksgiving that I, that I wrote and that this wisdom is not just for myself to keep hidden. It is for all beings. And so I devote myself to, to that as a fundamental way that I live my life. Um, but so what I wanted to get back to and sharing all of that stuff with you about my background is that I'm not just sitting here being like, go get the money, you know, because it's really, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's really actually about something so much more profound than that. And also though, for light workers, for all of us to have wealth and financial prosperity, I really think that that is a, a, a crucial thing for, for all, for all people to have wealth and prosperity. I think that that is a crucial thing and that we are able to have to, to say yes to things. And, and I don't mean like going overboard and buying lots and like that whole kind of our relationship with, um, with material. I, I read somewhere once and I can't remember who the author was who said this, but he said, if we were really materialistic, we would, have a more profound care for the way that we were doing things on the planet. We would care about the material. I really love the, the Shinto way of seeing things, especially when we think about like the elements and then beyond the elements are like the composition of elements that turn into all of the, the trees, the waters, the plants and animals um, all very much having their own life and spirit and the deep, deep acknowledgement of that. And even things that we think are, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, material, material. No, what, like a, like a, we would think of a rock as tangible, um, not having a spirit or something inert. Yes. Inert. It's close to that. And so, and so really actually changing the way that we look at all things in our life, the carpet, the table, the door, our home, when we come into our home, really feeling surrounded by the things that we love, that we have cultivated in our lives. Have you heard the David White poem, Everything's Waiting for You? No. I may recite it at the end in the outro, but it's a poem about just the way he's talking about physical reality as like always supporting you. That sounds amazing. That. 
Yes. I definitely want to hear it also. Yeah. Yeah. And so having a, this, this comes back into being in a state of pleasure, which is the heart center and like being rich from this place. Right. I have to say like, I, okay. This is a pattern in my life, but typically before something really awesome or exciting or enlivening happens, I feel this like emptying before it happens. So like earlier today, I had all this kind of stress and anxiety just like come up to the surface. And I was like, I don't know, like it was, it was dramatic. I was like, maybe I should just like move and like give up everything I'm doing and like that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But what I was really feeling, um, that I, I couldn't totally figure out at the moment was that I felt just fucking tired of like working hard and like trying to make things happen and just like do being on the grind and feeling like that's how I'm going to somehow one day arrive at a pleasure state of Mm. having luxury around Mm -hmm. me and feeling secure. That's right. And so I just had this like aha moment of like, if I can get vibrationally aligned with pleasure and love everything around me and feel connected to the material, love the carpet, like love this table between us and like, you know, have that sensual relationship to everything and connect with people and just be in that Venusian place that the work that comes from that is not going to feel like I'm gutting myself and like, that's right. Absolutely. I had chills all over listening to (laughs) you talk. And I have like several times while we have been sitting here chatting with each other. Um, and that, that thing, like we, we have, uh, we have this programming that's really severe about, if you want to make something in your life, you have to be penetrative, penetrating. You have to be forceful. You have to make it happen. And that's a really um, Western, masculine, uh, a very, um, a very uh, patriarchal way of doing things. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place for that because there is when we're in an active and dynamic place and we do things naturally that come from a place of joyousness and celebration where we're just like, oh, I'm getting so much shit done. This is awesome. Right. There's like, there's that place of being really like outgoing, but then there's the place of feeling like you need to force something. And when we feel like we need to force something, that's actually coming from a place of lack. It's coming from a place of, I don't have it. And if I don't try and force it, it's never going to happen. It comes from a place of not believing in ourselves, not believing that it's going to happen. And so we do it by fretting, by beating ourselves up, by making it a grind, And also that programming that we've had that tells us that our work is not allowed to be that fun, that it can't be that pleasurable. And actually we can just have fun on purpose, right? Like even if you're doing your financial books, you can actually choose to get excited about it because 
as one of my best friends, Jonna Golden Flame, likes to say, managing my finances like a queen. (laughs) (laughs) So, so even those things like, like creating budgets and stuff like that, that seem really arduous can actually be something that we choose on purpose to feel good about, to make it fun, to make it joyful. Then it shifts the whole way that we get things done. Totally. Yeah. This is an alignment thing for me because sometimes, and oftentimes I am in like a good relationship with my work, but I can get super like workaholic-y and compulsive about it, Mm -hmm. especially because I'm Like I have perfectionist tendencies and it's whatever, like I'm a craft person. Like I write and edit hours, like in many, you know, most days I can just like lose hours writing and then going back and editing and like getting all the words right. And that is often a joyful place, but it can get like really uncomfortable and all the stories that come from that can be so negative. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because now I'm, I'm just like getting some of the words of some of the people in my life that I really love. My friend Morgan Love calls herself a recovering perfectionist. And I love that. And my mentor, Brooke Castillo, who I highly recommend, she talks about B plus work that perfectionism is for scared people. And I have to remind myself that as well, because I definitely am a recovering perfectionist. And, and, and the perfectionism comes when we're telling ourselves the story over and over. We're actually spinning in our heads about what's okay, what's good enough, what we can and can't do, what we can put out there for people, what's going to... And we're just like, we're trying to have it be the quote right thing or the, or like the best thing or the most, um, uh, uh, I always do this. Words just drop away from me. I love how conscientious you are about your word choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what the most expert thing that was the word I was looking for. And so, and so we will stop ourselves from putting out any fucking work. And when we do this, we're not serving anybody. It's true. And, and the more that we start to allow ourselves to just put out the imperfect work and know that it's going to be okay. There's a quote that I wrote for myself that I put up on my mirror, especially when I'm about to uh, give a presentation in front of a large group of people. And the quote is, and it's a, and it's my own quote. I give myself permission to express myself imperfectly. Happy new moon in Virgo. And really to hear how powerful that is and to even take that and make it yours, I give myself permission to express myself imperfectly. And this goes into uh, uh, really 
all of us, right? It doesn't matter how many astrologers are out there. It doesn't matter how many life coaches are out there. It doesn't matter how many tarot readers or, 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 or healers or all of these different things, EFT practitioners. I mean, like you name it, the whole gamut of like all the dancers and whatever it is that are out there that express or do a similar type of work it doesn't matter. We have 7.5 billion people on the planet and a lot of mental health issues, emotional health issues. There are not, no, I'm going to rephrase that. There cannot be two many or an oversaturation of people doing this work. We are not ever in competition with each other. We're just not. There are so many people that need us to do this work that has been calling to our hearts and our souls and to be okay with going fucking big with it and serving as many people as possible because there are so many people who need it. And I am happy that there are thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of tarot readers because it's trending on the internet. I'm happy that there are that that EFT is growing so rapidly that more and more people are learning how to use it. I'm happy that people are setting up wisdom schools and schools of consciousness and schools of how to uh, do life in a different way and indigenous wisdom schools with indigenous peoples. I am happy because it is everything and more that the earth needs now. And so, so there is no message that we can say that hasn't been said enough. And I said that in a double negative, but what I mean is all of the messages, it doesn't matter if we're saying the same thing. It needs to be said over and over and shoots half the fucking time. I need to hear it over and over the same messages. Yeah. The same ones. And so that's, and that's where it comes in too, is like having our team, having our team, because it's not just about one professional or one mentor or one spirit guide or whatever. It's about really having your team, your, your ancestors, your angels, your spirit guides, your animal guides, like all of those things that you are in contact with and have built relationships with. And then in the 3d, your mentors, your teachers, your relationships with the plants and the animals, your relationship with yourself, with your friends. Like we have our team. It is crucial and vital for us to have our team of people in our lives because the programming is thick and we're here to shift and change it. We're here to clear it. The programming is thick and we're here to shift and change it. Yeah. 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 
Lucia, how can people find you and work with you? Because you are like accessible for coaching for anyone across the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, people can, can reach me. So I do, I, my practice is called love in action. And because I believe that love is an verb (laughs) and, um, because I believe that love is a verb and, um, I work with people all over the world. We do sessions via Skype so I can read your tarot or do water readings or crystal ball readings even, which is super special. And, uh, and then also the long-term coaching work that we do together around relationships, around purpose, around finances. This is the work that I just like love to do deep dives with people and to really like get your stuff clear and ordered and organized and also allow for that perfect beauty to unfold so that you can really create what you've been wanting to create in your life. And, um, and so people can reach me by via my email at Lucia full of grace at gmail.com. So L U C I A F U L L of grace, G R A C E at gmail.com. And my website, which is kind of been in a state of almost completion because I don't take it that seriously, uh, is, um, love dash in dash action dot us. So love in action dot us. If you're looking for, so just, yeah, for the audience, if you're looking for a coach, someone to help you through some deep transformation, I would highly recommend working with Lucia. I feel like my life has changed and I've unpacked and uncovered and changed so much from working with you. I'm so inspired by you. And I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation and that um, I get to share your ideas and you with the audience. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Sabrina. I really appreciate it. So I want to read the poem that was mentioned in this episode called Everything is Waiting for You by David White. It goes, your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone, as if life were a progressive and cunning crime with no witness to the tiny hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely, even you, at times, have felt the grand array, the swelling presence, and the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you, or the window latch grants you freedom. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. The stairs are your mentor of things to come. The doors have always been there to frighten you and invite you. And the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate your time. 
If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps the show grow. And by this, I mean the more reviews that there are on iTunes, the more that this podcast gets shown as a recommendation to people. And I've been getting such great feedback from you guys that this show is really healing for you and really enjoyable. And so I would love your help spreading it. I want to take a moment to read a recent review. And this one is from Dom0224. And this person wrote, so I've been listening to this podcast for quite a while and can honestly resonate so deeply. Sabrina has a powerful way of connecting with the collective with empowering the audience with evolutionary astrology. The guests that you bring are also really good with breaking down the topics and answering questions that you ask. I am definitely healing and learning during this journey with you. Much love to you. And I hope success follows you in whatever you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to leave a review. It is really kind of, I think it's kind of like a tip jar at a restaurant or something like that. Or I guess, would you say a restaurant or restaurants have tip jars? Cafe? So show show the show some love and have a beautiful, blessed rest of your day. And I hope that this two-part episode with Lucia is helping you to enhance love and wealth in your life. Much love. See you next time. 